want to welcome you to day two of our look through 1 Corinthians chapter 1 this week, starting in this great study of this great book. As I said yesterday, this is really like a question and answer with the Apostle Paul. And the question he begins to address in chapter 1, really the question of this entire chapter, as we walk through this, we're going to have one major question for each chapter. And the major question of chapter 1 is, can any church be a great church? Can any church be a great church? And Paul's answer, without a hesitation, is yes. Yes, it can, but you need three things. He's going to talk about three things that any church needs to be a great church or to continue to be a great church. If you are a great church and you lose these, you won't be a great church anymore. Now, why is that so important? You think, well, I'm not a pastor. What does it matter to me about whether a church is great or not? Well, if you want to live a great life, you need to be part of a great church. This is not organizational. This is relational between you and Jesus and between you and others. 1 Corinthians is going to show us that to have a great life, you need to be a part of a great church. God did not make you. He did not make me to live alone or to serve alone. He made you to make a difference in relationship with others, in relationship with others who are following Jesus. And obviously, the place where to be in relationship with others who are following Jesus is the institution, is the body that he started. He planted the church. The church is Jesus' idea. That's why I love the church. Now, sometimes men make it into their idea, and that can be a hateful thing. But when that happens, you and I have to rescue it. We have to become a great church again by trusting in the one who founded the church, Jesus Christ. So can any church be a great church? Can any person live a great life in the church that they're in as it becomes a great church? Yes, Paul says to the Corinthians. And he says this to a church that is filled with turmoil and problems but it's also filled with opportunities and possibilities. Listen to how he starts his words. We read a couple of these verses yesterday. Let me go back to verses two and three, how he starts his words to this Corinthian church. To the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be holy, together with all those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He calls them the church of God in Corinth. You belong to God. You're there representing him. I hope you see how important that is. Whatever their problems, and as we walk through this chapter by chapter of Corinthians, you're gonna be shocked at some of the problems in this church. You're gonna think, our church is doing a lot better than they were. Whatever the problem says, Paul, you have to recognize first and foremost that you are a church in God's hands, called out for God's purposes. What does it take for any church to be the church of God, to stay the church of God? We're going to talk about three things this week, beginning with number one, grace. Grace. It starts with grace. It starts with seeing yourself for who God made you to be as a church and as individuals in that church, seeing yourself for who God made you to be by his grace. Listen to what Paul says. These are awesome verses, verses four to nine. He says, he prays, I always thank God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. For in him you have been enriched in every way, in all your speaking and in all your knowledge, because our testimony about Christ was confirmed in you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for the Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will keep you strong to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God, who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, is faithful. This prayer of Paul, this introduction of Paul to the Corinthians 
is more than just something to get through so we can get to the good stuff in the book. This is the good stuff. He's talking about the grace of God. He's reminding us that God's undeserved love for us is our primary resource for life. Listen, just listen to the difference that happens in my life, in your life, in your church, in our church, when we lean on and rely upon and are strengthened by his grace. Listen to these phrases that Paul uses. He says, when that happens, you are enriched in him. He's talking about the resource of wealth, true wealth, the wealth of his presence, the wealth of God's blessings. When you recognize God's grace, you realize nothing can take those blessings away. You are enriched in him. That's the resource of wealth. He says also you are confirmed in him. That's the resource of security. Confirmed means to make stable. Grace is now your foundation for living. We all have something that we make our foundation for life. For some people, it's other people's opinion. For others, it's how well you do at work. For others, it's how much you have in the bank account. For some people, it's how well your family is doing. There's all kinds of different foundations that we make for our life. But when grace is the foundation, you're confirmed in him. He sent his spirit into you already. You are saved. You are held in him. That is a foundation that can never be taken away. That's the resource that you need of security. And then he says, you are not lacking any gift. This is the resource of ability. Grace gives both the purpose of God in your life, but also the ability together to fulfill that purpose. When he says here, you are not lacking any gift, he's not talking to individuals. He's talking to the church. He's saying together, you have all the gifts needed. No one person, we're gonna find this when we get to chapter 12, no one person gets all the gifts. Together, we have all the gifts that are needed. You're not lacking any gift. You have this resource of ability, this resource of security, this resource of riches, of wealth. And then he says, you are awaiting his coming together. That's the resource of hope. Grace gives us an eternal hope. And that, that enables you, no matter what your day was like today, and listening to this, you may have had an awful day yesterday or this day may have been an awful day. You can still have hope because you can always live in expectancy of the fact that Jesus Christ is coming again someday and he wants you to be with him forever where he is. He is looking forward to that day. He says that in John chapter 14. I'm looking forward to that day where I come back. I get you to be with me where I am. And so you and I, no matter what the circumstances, we have the resource of hope. And then we have a final resource. He says also you are kept in him until that day. You're gonna be kept blameless in that day. He will keep you strong into the end. That is the resource of God's faithfulness. God is faithful. His grace is not some fleeting whim. It is a faithful gift that you can depend upon the rest of your life. So you wanna live a great life. You want your church to be a greater church. These are the resources that you depend upon. Any church can look at what they're doing. Any person, any family can look at what they're doing in life and feel like, I don't have the resources to do what I want to do. And the truth of the matter is, we often don't have the money that we need, we think we need, to do what we want to do. We often, usually, don't have the time that we think we need. And many times we look at ourselves and think, I don't have the abilities. But God says, together in the church, I have given you these resources. And they all come from my grace. They are all this undeserved gift that I have given to you. So as we pray today, we're going to pray in just a moment about greatness. And greatness, the question that is behind greatness in my life and your life is, do I depend on the grace of God or do I depend on my own abilities? Am I depending on his resources or on my resources? 
Am I acting according to God's faithfulness or am I just acting according to my schedule, my whim? Which is it? Let's take a few minutes to pray together. And Jesus says we pray. It's our prayer that more and more we would lean on your resources and not ours. Our resources are so easy to lean on. They're right there, right in front of us. The things that we have, the abilities that we have, the time that we have. And so, Lord, when we're lacking in them, we begin to feel like a great life might be impossible. Or if all we have is our own resources, we begin to feel like a great life depends only on me. But Jesus, you have given us so much by your grace. Your grace means that we have a wealth that's beyond any human riches. Remind us of that today, no matter what the financial struggles we have. Your grace means that we have a security in you that we find because of you that can only happen through the gift of your spirit within us. And remind us that no matter what anybody else thinks of us today, we have that confirmation. Remind us of the gifts that we have together in you, that Lord, whatever you've asked us to do, you will give us the ability to do. Remind us of our hope today. Remind us, Lord, that you keep us today. However I might feel, we might feel, Lord, you are keeping us, you are holding us. That is the truth of your promise and your grace. And so, Lord, today, we hold on to that promise. We hold on to you. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Tomorrow, we're gonna to talk together about a second quality of a great church. <music>